Welcome to another episode of Sim Sundays by Gridfinder. This is episode number 38. And once again, Tom and I were separated. It seems like we we haven't in weeks been able to do a lot of dual hosting podcasting. So Tom, you didn't get to hang out with Mr. Alex Goldschmidt, which you have before anyways, because we saw him at Sim Racing Expo 2022. You actually did record an episode with him at one point for the Sim Sundays podcast. We got him on again. And well, it was a really good conversation. The, the interesting thing about this one is that Alex and I got to spend some time on a plane together. So we kind of have like a another level of friendship rather than some of the guests that we've had in the past. When you had the conversation with Alex, did you kind of feel like you already almost knew him more than some of the other guests that we've had on the show? Yeah. So when we had our interview, I think it was pre-Expo last year, but Alex had commentated on maybe half a dozen of our events. Um, and me and Alex had had like a couple of, not meetings as such, but we'd, we'd had like a couple of calls um, just about sim racing and about grid finder and, and stuff that we were doing together. And he was just really keen to know what we were doing. So yeah, um, it was, it's always nice to, to start, um, a podcast episode with somebody that you've met in person a few times. I felt the same way with Neville, uh, from Vasara yeah. last week. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to, to listen to this one. Wasn't there. I'm excited. I always like hearing Alex's, uh, karting stories. So I'm hoping for a few of those. Well, no spoilers as, as you are about to listen to it, but he does talk about karting a little bit. Okay. So thank everyone for joining us, whether you're watching or listening on your platform of choice, but enjoy the episode with Alex Goldsmith. We'll see you at the end. So you've been a busy little bee, haven't you? Little, big, it doesn't really matter, does it, about size? Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's all about what you do with the package that counts, Chris. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You go. It, I, yes, it's, it's been absolutely maniacal i mean even you know when we all uh caught up at the 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 sim racing expo chris and i were actually on the same black uh flight back from what was yeah. it it was from we it, went uh, the, the, yeah we went nuremberg to frankfurt missed our flight missed our connecting flights <laughs> which thank god actually was a bit of a godsend because we'll get onto that in a bit about luggage travel uh travels. Oh, right. yes for me that was that was like thank god um and then we ended up uh, waiting an hour, which was pretty nice. It was nice to actually chill out and chat for a change after. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> the, the blessing in disguise there was the fact that, you know, we got off the plane, we sprinted to the gate, realized we missed it, and then we could kind of just take a deep breath, relax, yep. you know, just have a chill trip at that point, which was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's always so, nice when you actually get the uh, opportunity to, to chill out after uh, a manic four days. And manic was yeah. understatement of the year when it came to the Sim Racing Expo at Nuremberg uh, last December. Because, <laughs> like, literally, I'd been, I think, what was it? Monday, I'd just come back from Portimao. Wednesday, early morning, it was like drive down to Heathrow, catch two flights. And it was just like, oh, right, okay. And my body's like going you're not going to like your sleep pattern for the next few days. And I was like thinking, <laughs> God help me, just let me sleep on the flight. Yeah. Well, you, so we were at some doing some Sundays content and things like that, but more in a relaxed fashion because we were just, we were there as grid finder, but the yeah. Sim Sundays podcast wasn't like an official part of the Sim Racing Expo. You were the man 
on camera, on mic, the entire Sim Racing Expo. How would uh, how would you say that experience was now that it's all over and behind you and probably looking ahead to 2023's Sim Racing Expo? Surreal is the first actual superlative I can really put towards that one, Chris, because it was my first ever time as a, as a commentator being part of a LAN event. And... <laughs> doing at home you but i both know it's quite nice you know you can you can be comfortable you're in you know you don't need to go far if you need to get a a, a cold beverage or maybe something alcoholic after the broadcast is right. over whereas <laughs> whereas it's sort of like uh somewhere like sre it was you know coming in the morning morning deep morning briefing mm-hmm. and then it was about okay right look at the timetable what's going on uh, and not only was I the, the lead commentator for the event, which I was actually quite proud to be a part of, um, it was doing all the VTs. And I still remember going to the exhibitor party on the Saturday night. Um, mm. There was some alcohol consumed. No, um, never. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say anymore in that one. Well, some people were in a worse state than me. Uh, let's yeah. put it that way on the Sunday. And I managed <laughs> to do two VTs where I probably felt like, you should have still been asleep right about now. Uh, <laughs> I still managed to do two VTs that weren't broadcasted, uh, but they went, yeah, we need five minutes for the first one. Three minutes was the was what I was able to do. And then, yeah, we need another one, 15 minutes, like eight and a half. I was like, yeah. Well, time does fly a little bit quicker when you've had a good night out the night before, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it seems to. Uh, well, it's interesting because when you've had a night like that, you – when you have to do something coming up soon, it seems like the time goes instantly. But when you're yes. like in the middle of it and you're like kind of exhausted, time slows. It's like this variable rate of time travel. It's very weird. It's interesting. I, I, I was wondering whether, you know, Doc Doc Brown and Marty McFly were going to rock on up in the DeLorean and, I, you know, right. see Doc Brown coming out going, Great Scott, Marty! You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Alex, you need to go back in time. It's like, Hang on, what? <laughs> what is going on here? What, what's going on here? What the dickens is happening? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, coming back to SRE 22, I mean, I, I was involved with the Road to Sim Racing Expo back in 21, um, where the professional trophy was slightly different. It was mm-hmm. a, a single single driver event, a 60-minute race, two qualifier events, and then the, 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 the best of the best. We then ended up going to the Nürburgring, which... That year, inevitably, was won by uh, the man called James, Mr. Baldwin. Yeah. He took the top prize. Uh, but then you had the likes of Jardier, uh, George Boothby, and, and quite a few others competing in that. But yeah, 2022 was uh, a real eye-opener for me. I think just in the scale of what Corvana have managed to be able to do for, for 2022, you know, take it away from the Nürburgring. And instantly that got up the wind that that you know, got the wind up the sails of the community going like, Yeah, but we want to be at the Nürburgring. Hang on, yeah. we're in December. So there's an interesting thing. Tom and I were talking about that because Tom did actually get to go to the Nürburgring one. I did not. I only got to go Neither, to twenty two. Yeah. So so we're we're both in the same boat with regards that Bunton got the jump on us for twenty twenty one, didn't he? The lucky right, bugger. Right. And like so the conversation that we had was the fact that due to the location of the twenty twenty two SRE it felt like it was more focused on sim racing, whereas when it was at Nürburgring, it kind of felt like this mixture of like real car racing, sim racing, whereas like sim racing didn't get the stage that it necessarily deserved yeah. when it was at that Nürburgring just because 
you know, we as sim racers are most likely at least a casual fan of motorsport. And when you go to an iconic place like Nürburgring, you're going to be a little bit like starstruck, if you will, where you're mm -hmm. at this amazing venue, this historic place. So yep. it's really nice that we got to go to a place that was just, it was Sim Racing Expo. Yeah, we had the retro classics attached to it, but that just kind of, it was almost like an entry prize where you got to walk through all the really neat cars and, and mm -hmm. see all of that uh, pomp and circumstance, I guess I would say. Sure. And then get into the expo and you're like, wow, this stage is huge. All these vendors, all this stuff going on. It just made for a really focused event, it felt like. It definitely did because the the thing is, sim racing has always been. I I would use the terminology so like a a sideshow yeah. to real life motorsport, but that line has been indefinitely blurred. Oh yeah, to, to I, such I feel like an it's, extent. It's since we're talking about the line, it's almost getting erased at this point because big manufacturers coming in recognizing the importance of sim racing and using sim racing to groom drivers to eventually get into their cars is pretty amazing. Well, that's not been a a recent introduction with sim racing, you mm -hmm. know, when you have to look at say um, you know, the Rocket the, the Rocket F4 program uh for getting someone an opportunity to race, you know, uh, the racing style rocket program uh, mm -hmm. commentated on by a previous guest, uh, Lewis McGlade and also uh, Cam <laughs> Roger. Um, and so the winner of that, Deegan Fairclough, I think, got the opportunity, has got the opportunity to race in, in British F4 this year, uh, which is great to hear. Um, GT Academy, you know, the brainchild yep. of certain Mr. Darren Cox, you know, the likes of Lucas Ordonez. And Jan Marnborough have made successful careers. Jan, most notably, I mean, from a youngster, young Welsh boy, just on the outskirts of Cardiff, flying over to become a Nissan Works driver and racing Super GT for a number of years, up yeah. until I think it was last season. He also raced in Japanese F4 uh, in the build-up to becoming a, a full Nismo Works driver. Um, and and it was great to it's see. It's impressive. Yeah, oh, definitely is. It, it's, um, it's an interesting thing that we're we've talked about this before on the podcast where sim racing is unique in the gaming space where the skills that you build up in sim racing directly correlate with the skills that you would need in the actual sport. This is completely the opposite of something like let's take FIFA where you're playing football on a pitch with a controller that is never going to translate to field work when you're out in, in a stadium somewhere, but in sim racing, you know, the, the braking knowledge, the cornering knowledge, the, the overall car control mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, you're going to get G-forces, and it is going to be different to a certain extent. But they do translate pretty well. They do, but the only biggest differential is the actual feeling of being inside, oh, yeah. inside the cockpit. You oh, know, yeah. when James Baldwin and Jardier just recently uh, had a test in the Alpine A110 GT4, and I think Jardier mentioned about the fact that he was driving it so so fast that i think his instructor was sick <laughs> but but when you think about it you see people like um you know you look at the two different sides of the coin and i'll use jardy and james baldwin as a perfect example of that now i remember commentating on james baldwin back in daytona dmax <laughs> so in real in real <clears throat> real sense both james and jardy have been racing before in real life so yeah. they know they know this they know what is the major biggest differences between real life racing and sim racing right. because um 
as Nils Noyux has a YouTube channel called the Sim Racing Popo Meter, which is the Popo Meter is basically the seat of your pants. In other words, <laughs> it's basically uh, basically your ass cheeks on the seat. In the words of David Coulthard. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you see a lot of these drivers that are able to use this real world transfer of skills over to the, the sim racing space and be incredibly competitive. I mean, James has won in British GT. Mm-hmm. He raced at the, the Total Energies 24 Hours of Spa, which has now been now got CrowdStrike as their official title sponsor for 2023. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's great to see that you see so many people that have made the transfer for sim racing and made it actually a lot easier, a lot more easily than people might think because people are just like saying, yeah, sim racing, you, it's you're just playing. It's a video game. Blah, blah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, you're just going around in circles. You're just on, you're just on your computer at home. And, and then people then, when like we had at the Sim Racing Expo, just to actually, when I was not at the commentary position, but seeing the drivers testing in their sim rigs, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, um, was a real insight. I, I mean, I know quite a few people like, say, Tinker van der Velde, Dara McCormack, um, Louis Naza trying to look uh, discreet on Saturday before the ADAC Digital GT500. <laughs> and I said, where's you, Williams Gear? He said, it's just so like commentators like you don't find me. And I said, oh, right, you've yeah. made yourself a target, Louis. You've made yourself a target, <laughs> yeah, mate. Watch worse, out. Right? <laughs> oh, it's even funnier. It's it, it's even funnier. Uh, I think the funny one of the funniest moments was Paul Glover from SGP catching Jardier mid-bite whilst having a cookie at... <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> at the Veloce stand when we were doing our build-up and you you know unlike say uh, uh, an online or remote broadcast you're talking to these people on the other side of a discord channel yeah but to have it in person was just so cool and it was just like i i felt like we we'd had some real good old monty python you know, like I had um, like Faulty Towers, Basil Faulty sort of situations, like when he smacks the front of his the front windshield of his Austin Allegro when it refuses to start with a big old tree branch yeah. with multiple <laughs> stalks and leaves on it. It, it. it was comedy gold at its best. You know, Sim Racing Expo, I can't wait until this year. The The coolest thing for me, so obviously Sim Racing, we, we kind of pride ourselves on how the community is for the most part inclusive you know when you play some other games they're a little toxic but sim racing in general feels like it's a very very close community that's that's very open arms to everyone joining but when you get to sim racing expo and you start to meet the personalities that you watch on youtube or you watch on twitch or you know you catch in those major races and they're just like video game geeks just like you that just love sim racing. It's such a cool environment. I'm sure it's the same way for like a Call of Duty event or, you know, League of yeah. Legends or something like that. But it's just if you can make it to Sim Racing Expo, like it is it almost motivates you even more to be involved in the communities of sim racing just because it's so open and so fun and so nice. You can walk right up to the Fanatec CEO and just strike up a conversation with him. Yeah, it, it was great, you know, seeing people such as um, such as Thomas Yakamaya from Fanatic uh, being there in person with uh, the one of a kind Toro Rosso. That yeah, now and has he's just fan- strolling around, just in, in a hoodie. Yeah, 
hood in a in a Fanatec hoodie, jeans, and a pair of trainers. I mean, you yeah. can't get more casual for a CEO. And then you see Andre from Azatec, like you know, shirt, suit. It's just like Azatec <laughs> it, was gigantic there. Oh, with their stage and just all the craziness that they went through. We had him on an interview for Sim Racing Expo, and they spent like a quarter million dollars on that stuff. Well, consider, considering the LMP3 car that they had, that yeah. they actually fired up. I know, right in, in the, the middle. In the speaking, of, speaking of Thomas Yakima, <laughs> right in the middle of our interview with Fanatec, they sparked that thing up and were like, thanks. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, that's the that that that's the uh, com- that's the condenser Michael shot to shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just like, come on, guys! Right now, come on! Oh. It was, it's a really cool event. I can't wait till this year. Uh, it's there are obviously there's growing pains and things like that. Like uh, I think you and I had a discussion where we said, you know, it would be nice if the stage was next to more of the exhibitors, kind of yeah. in the mix of things, because Sim Racing Expo twenty two. It was a room for all the the brands and exhibitors and things like that, and then another room for all the racing action and the stage and where you were. And it would be very cool to just marry those two together in a little bit more of a cohesive way. I, I would think that's just from my understanding. I mean, we're going to have nineteen thousand square, nearly nineteen thousand square insane. meters. That's more <laughs> than Nuremberg. That's uh, you know, two dedicated halls. I mean, the, the the good thing is Dortmund is, of course, anyone that knows Borussia Dortmund, the football club. Well, there's going to be lots of other places that people can go to outside for the locality. It's in Nordrhein-Westfalen and it's in the in the Ruhrgebiet, which basically within an hour and a half drive, there are 22 million inhabitants. Ooh. You go a further three, you go a total of three hours away. That's a total span of over 40 million inhabitants. Good grief. So, and 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 the good thing is the Ruhrgebiet is one of the biggest in da- industrial zones within Europe. So, yeah. you're literally forty five minutes from the Dutch and the Belgian borders. Um, I mean, it, it's great. It's got so many great international links as well in terms of transport. I mean, I know for a fact that I can fly directly from Stansted to Dortmund this year. So, right. for for me, <laughs> it's going to be like yeah, forty five minute drive to the airport, minute and twenty, uh, an hour and twenty in the air. There you go. Days. Then, then uh, there. It's. I think it. I think it's great because um, you know when when you when I look at it from my perspective as a commentator, you want to be in somewhere where there's going to be a lot of exposure. Yeah. And there's been a positive out, outcome. Uh, you know, as soon as uh, SRE made the announcement a couple of weeks back, there was so much positivity that the communities like really getting behind it. A lot of the German sim racing communities are. Are really looking forward to being having it on their doorstep as opposed yeah. to like saying oh damn it i've got to drive another three and a half hours by car yeah and then you, and then you think of everybody like you were coming back over from the u.s <laughs> and so like I, I was just like thinking have pity on the people that got to travel farther than you don't worry we're all in the same boat but right. you just think of those that are trying to build up those frequent flyer air miles <laughs> we'll get some of them good grief yeah uh, definitely if you i can. think i was i was in the air for like 14 hours overall travel time from my house over to ground on nuremberg was i think it was like 26 hours and that was including a layover, wasn't it, on the way yeah. back? Because you stayed overnight, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, actually, on the way back, it was like 36 hours because of that overnight stay. It was it was a long trip because, mm. yeah, I mean, well, there's no way around it. It's around the world, so. <laughs> yeah. 
you know. That, that's that's true. I mean, like you were saying at the top of the show, um, yeah, I have been a busy bee. Karting season's already started. Uh, I've been to Spain uh, in mid-February. I've just come back from Karting Gang, come back there in a month's time, and then over for about 10, 11 days, uh, sort of swanning between Belgium and Germany. So I get a, a couple of days' worth of respite, but sim racing for me has been, well, respite as in, I get to sleep in a little bit, but right. not by much, and then it's back to the grindstone. Right. Um, right. But yeah, no, the sim the sim racing side of things has has sort of like gone up. I mean, in terms of of commentary, just I mean, this past week, even though I was in Belgium, I still managed to uh, hop on to uh, the past uh, event of round five of the MSVT. Yeah. Uh, Enduro KA Winter Sim Series, which is uh, backed by you guys. Obviously, Mister Bunton and Mister Hopper were in the race. Yep. Um, I would have hopped on with you, but I was out of town this weekend and I didn't bring <laughs> any of my portable commentary stuff. So I was unable to, but thanks for, thanks for jumping in on that. We appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It was great to work alongside Adam Weller again as, as well, but yeah, it was a, it was a great event, you know, going through into the night at Brands Hatch. Um, yeah, Tom, Tom, I'm going to have to call you out, mate. You need to hit that brake pedal a little bit earlier next time, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh that series is very cool we have a couple of things working where we're with the content creator series and we have some stuff on the back burner which will eventually be announced here pretty soon but sim racing big events obviously with eslr1 yeah there's just there's so many more what i would call big events rather than just small community things going on and it's really growing over the course of this last year, it feels like there's there's a sense of momentum right now that is unparalleled in my eyes from the past. I think with ESLR1, it was a 50-50 as to how things were going to go. Uh, but I think, you know, ESL face it group are a known quantity in esports in general. And yeah. when they went, we're going to tie it with Hensport, with Moritz Hebecker. And we're going to give people a show. That's exactly what we got. And a lot of people uh, asked me, what did you think of it? And I said, well, I was really impressed because, okay, Hensport is two years into its development phase. Yeah. Closed beta is set to be released. I mean, the good well, thing they, is... they that... canceled the closed beta temporarily in yes. order to focus on the esports stuff. I think it was, I think it was quite a shrewd decision. Uh, and the reason for why I say that is that they wanted to they wanted to get the feedback from the drivers from like say had been at the Rennsport Summit in Munich mm -hmm. seven months previously, and the, and <clears throat> the positivity from the drivers that had helped to accelerate the development of the product was proof in the pudding. I mean, the collision physics I thought were quite impressive. I do have to say, I, I really felt sorry for when Niles Noyox got turned around at Hockenheim, but it looked like it was, it was actually, <laughs> but it, it was the way that the, there was no damage model. Okay. Fair enough. Sure. That still's, that still's got to be worked on, but the way that there was the slightest touch, Noyox got spun around and it looked like it was a realistic proposition. Yeah. Uh, and the thing, the drivers were able to go door handle to door handle. See, that's the important part. Like exactly. how many times have we seen iRacing, ACC, pick any game out there right now where 
me, even as a commentator, I'm on comms going, I don't know if I'd get that close with the net code we've got in this sure. game. And because sure. at some point you could just all of a sudden be literally colliding, but not on screen. Mm -hmm. So it was impressive from that point of view. And, you know, I did tweet at one point that, you know, I was a little bummed that they took it away from the the beta testers and they focused on the esports event. And then me as a developer, I kind of sat back and I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of a smart idea. The reason being is because when you open something up to the public or even they're calling it a closed beta, but that's still a lot of people, right? So when yeah. you open up a piece of software to that many people at that level of feedback, it's almost white noise and too hard to keep up with. Doing the esports thing, getting a nice condensed collection of drivers that can give you feedback is a better way to go because you're going to be able to act upon that feedback in a quicker, more targeted manner. I think it was a good idea in the end, but disappointing as a sim racer, of course, because I want the game. I think the thing is, in, in this industry, you can't please everybody. No, absolutely um, not. It, it, it's so many different things. It can be down to choice of platform. It can be down to choice of commentator that you prefer because everyone does have their favorites out there. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. I and, mean, and even I, for ESLR1, there were people that <clears throat> loved the commentary and then there were people that didn't like the commentary. And I thought the commentary was brilliant. Uh, mm. Sure, at times it was a little it was a little on the loud side when I was just trying to chill out and watch ESLR1. <laughs> but that's what that's the commentary style that they went with, and I loved it. I think they did a fabulous job. But there was plenty of feedback, if you want to call it that. <laughs> uh, well, feedback, uh, if it's constructive, is fine. But when yeah. it's when it's criticism, that's where mm, the line is. Good drawn. distinction. Uh, I mean, distinction. I, I mean, I know from my own perspective, having worked, you know. Not just in sim racing since what is it now? We're talking three years. I've been a nice. sim racing commentator, which is crazy when you think about it. Right. <clears throat> but I I felt that the tone that George and Lewis had, you know, they swapped. They were they were they were taking the starts respectively, so they were switching it between the two. You had the great comedy of James West, Gamer Muscle, who <laughs> famously was talking to Crimzix, Ian Porter of all people, right. whilst he's about to turn a corner mid-race. <laughs> James, I'm warning you, if oh, you are man. in a race and someone doorsteps you with the microphone, be prepared. It's karma from ESL R1 in Katowice. Oh, seriously. Um, Luke... Luke Crane, we all know, he hosted the he hosted the Sim Racing Expo. Got great time for that guy. And you know what? I think it's quite nice that he's been given the opportunity again to do ESLR1. Yeah. Comedy moment, Will Vincent. I have to, uh, I feel okay. for the guy. I first met Will at the race, race spot, <laughs> VCO uh, summit at uh, Simply Race, where I managed to catch up with uh, Florian Hasper, who I've known for over a decade now. Oh, wow. Back really? from the old DTM days. Okay, nice. And Will still having the balls to going, if anyone has found Will Vincent's voice, please help me find it. You know, and he was speaking whilst he's got the, <laughs> was, the cue cards up. It was comedy gold. And it was good. It was brilliant. I mean, I think that the, 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 the fact was that rather, and this is actually something I, I have to point out here, that I was actually quite impressed with the format, very much like, say, okay. how Logitech G Challenge do. Do, do their broadcast as well that rather than saying you know filling dead air with twaddle mm -hmm. they've decided saying next race in x amount yeah which which i thought was perfect because it meant that people could actually go 
you know, like if you're in a Discord channel and you're doing a watch long, you can have a little chat about it. So like, yeah, yeah, it was great to see Moritz, you know, Moritz Lerner trying to go side by side with, let's say, J- Josh Rogers, but poor old Moritz got shoved out there, didn't he? Going to, <laughs> you know, into Buon or <clears throat> so it, it it meant that it was it, the action was uh, and the broadcast was as high paced as it should be. Yeah, but you had those medial breaks in between. Um, in order for that to happen, I thought it was a very strong event, and you know, there was an interesting. I guess I made the interesting comment on Twitter, and, I'm, and I was like, I don't know if I'm excited for for ESL R1 or if I'm more excited just to see how Rensport performs under pressure, mm-hmm. because yeah. you know we'd been we'd come off Daytona, which actually Daytona. Other than some of the some of the actions of some of the teams out there, and and then R Factor Two, we come off two events that didn't really show sim racing off in a incredibly positive light. So for me, I just wanted ESL R One to essentially go as exactly as it did because yeah. I thought it was a very well put together event that represented sim racing in a not only professional but overall good light it just it was fun it was lighthearted enough but still professional it was i can't say it was the perfect sim racing event because that you know that's hard to say but it was a damn good one it was and and, and also the fact that esl were wanting feedback so they were getting people involved in over 400 surveys yep um <clears throat> were done on the first day yeah i so I like that that's Instead of just going, oh, let's just duplicate League of Legends or let's just duplicate Call of yeah. Duty events, they're like, no, let's make this event about mm. sim racing for sim racers specifically. Let's find out what they want. Let's find out how we can be the event that matters to them. Yeah, and there's always going to be people that will um, ensure that they they <laughs> can get they they can give their two cents because every everyone you and I both know, Chris, has got an opinion. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it can be a positive opinion in the form of like, yeah, I really love it, or a positive opinion. Notice how I did not say negative on this because yes, yes. a positive reception in terms of constructive feedback saying, I liked it, but maybe you can do this. Maybe I you think, can tweak it here. I think you nailed it with your your feedback versus criticism comment yeah. from a few minutes ago. It's It really when it turns into criticism and you're not really offering anything of value to be able to be fixed, you're just criticizing just to be a naysayer. It's no good. Mm -hmm. But when you're coming to the table with solutions and maybe suggestions because you didn't like something, that's a completely different story. And I, I prefer that. Of course, I think everyone prefers that. Let's be realistic, but Mm -hmm. that's how we make successful events because most of the time people are going to complain about, things that they dislike because it's a lot less likely that someone's going to go and be like, Oh, I really like this, that, and this. They're going to be like, they're going to pick that thing that they hated. Talk about that a little bit more in depth. That should be because of human nature. Right. Mm -hmm. So I I think you really did nail it when it comes to criticism versus feedback. And we really have to find that line for just events in general, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the, one of the things that I always like as a commentator is if the if you see haters sort of like not liking what you do, it's sort of like it actually spurs me on because <laughs> then at least I can sort of take into account what they've said. 
Um, I mean, a, a case in point. Now, this is actually to do with the karting that I do. And for those wondering, I still do the Rotax Euro Trophy. I still do the BNL karting series. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm now in my sixth season in continental Europe, which is quite crazy when you think about it. Wow. So you've been doing um, sim racing for three years and you're six seasons in on karting. You've really got that voice trained, don't you? <laughs> it has taken a while. I mean, um, f- from my perspective, you you know, in that first 12 to 18 months, you you try and find your own style. You you sort of pick from different inspirations and sources. I mean, mine would be Murray Walker, John Hindor, uh, amongst others, Ben Edwards. Um, got to know Joe Bradley from Radio Lamar very, very well mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. He's a, he's a great guy. We always keep in touch um, because, funnily enough, uh, for 2022, both John and Joe were watching Campilos because they had a couple of uh, drivers from the northeast oh, okay. uh, that were racing there, Kai and Reese Hunter, and he and he said Hindi and I were watching it the whole time, and and from that a natural progressive friendship has occurred, and I got to meet Joe and I got to meet Nick Damon when they were at fullback. I was due to be up somewhere up north, but that got canned on the Sunday, so oh. I thought, well, I've still I'm still going to go to Lincolnshire, which is about two and a bit hour drive from my house, and I thought, okay. yeah, I'll just make a day out of it. Um, yeah, I think with 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 any commentator, you you will find your voice. Um, yeah. For karting, I tend to stand up, um, so I'm effectively channeling my inner Murray Walker. But also, uh, a, a lot of a lot of a lot of people say, like a lot of my friends from school, and I'm talking like 30 years ago. Um, like we always knew you'd be in motorsport, we didn't realize you'd be a shouty bloke behind the microphone. A shouty bloke. <laughs> a shouty bloke. That, that's that's what okay. they called me. But <laughs> and like they they said it's really cool. Uh, and then like when I see that most of my friends who are in my age group, you know, they're married, they've got two kids, they've got the the big house, the SUV for the kids to be ferried to school, and yeah, you know, the... you know, it's it's, and they go like, do you, you enjoy just what described you do? my life <laughs> <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> no, I, I think it's it's because of the fact that I, you know, I wasn't full time in motorsport until you know the first lockdown. I got mm. made redundant. I was put on furlough for five months, and then I thought, you know what? If I ain't going to do it now, I'm never going to do it in my life. And sure. here I am now. You know, what we March twenty twenty three, and I couldn't be happier. I, I mean, it's great. I've got a supportive family. Um, they really, you know, my mum, my mum's always wanting to say send us the links for the streams so we yeah. can watch. And I'm like, and that's really cool. And yeah. it, it's, well, any, it's... any kind of support from people. Uh, it's weird because support from people who aren't necessarily in the world of motorsport or in the world of sim racing feels, I don't want to say like more important than the support from the general community, but it feels like, I don't know, they're going out of their way so much to just like do something to help you out, make you happy. It feels special, you know? Yeah, it definitely does. And it actually keeps you humbled, you know, keeps yeah. both feet on terra firma because, um, you know, one of the, one of the banes of existence as a commentator who travels quite a bit is, is the traveling, you know, oh, yeah. like say for instance, uh, I mean, now that I'm in my mid forties, I'm ha- now having to sort of change how I travel and how sure. I, how I look at that. So sometimes if I'm flying early, the following morning i need to book a hotel the night before because as much as i love my family i just want to get a decent night's sleep and oh yeah 
you know, well, if, if you've got long, younger children in the family, like say my my little nephew who's three, and he'll wake up at like three in the morning, and I'll be up bolt bolt upright. Whereas I want to be at the airport, feeling fully refreshed, still being able to have a power nap on the flight over, depending on how long it is. Sure. And then I fly back home. You know, like I'll either travel home or I'll fly back home on the Monday. Because then at least I know, right, okay, I've had time to chill out before the weekend. I've had time to chill out after the weekend. Right, and right. especially with karting weekends, um, I mean, for those wondering how many races have I done in one weekend on my own before, uh, Lamar 2021, the Rotax Max Challenge International Trophy, I was shoehorned in as the commentator for the event through one of my good friends, Henry Baudet, unable to attend. I then get a WhatsApp message from the promoter the following day <laughs> at 10.30. Can we have a chat? Said, um, I understand you do commentary. Explained who I was. They didn't know who I was from Adam. I did 47 races plus oh. qualifying. Plus, the original reason why I was there, I was working with three social media clients. So wow. I crammed all that work in. I then get invited by... Um, Benoit Perry, who at the time was head of 3MK events, was inviting me to dinner on the Saturday, and I realised that I needed to be at the Euro. I needed to be at the Euro Tunnel or at the ferry <laughs> at one thirty Central European time the following day. And I said, "I'd love to, but I'm at." And I and I was shattered. Like yeah. after the podiums had been done, I was like, "Right, I want to go back to the hotel. I want some pizza. I want a beer." Yeah, I want to chill out and get a good night's sleep and pack you up, know, get ready. Brain fog as a commentator is poison to yeah. your to your experience because, like, if you're not quick with just general comments about whatever's going on, or if you're not quick with some some facts about the racing, you know, you just get into that point where you're almost lost in your own words, <clears throat> and yeah. you're not really doing the race, the the viewers, the listeners whatever it may be, you're not really doing them the full service that you need to be doing. So I completely understand that needing rest, wanting rest. It's just, you have to be mentally quick and, and prepared for sure. Definitely. I mean, I mean, you, you took a look at my, I showed you my MacBook pro when we were at Nuremberg, like the amount of information for, for those wondering about how prepared I am. I have spreadsheets already prepared in some way, shape, or form, for all of the karting events this year, I've got. Um, and people might say, "Yeah, well, yeah, I'll only need to prepare a couple of weeks beforehand." No, preparation is ongoing. It's like the seven Ps: piss poor preparation promotes piss poor performance. Yep. And the the funny thing is, I've got two commentary gigs on Saturday, one straight after the other. And at the moment, before recording this podcast, I have been doing the research what track what car who's in what group what's the timetable who progresses on to what so i'm making sure that these spreadsheets are i might be given the information but i want it in a self-digestible form yeah okay i understand i was actually just going to say that where you know i've i've been thrown onto commentary same day and then they give you a load of information but it doesn't matter how much information they give you if it's not able to be absorbed by you. So you doing your own spreadsheets and your own formats and your mm. own preparation completely makes sense because, you know, you're sifting through websites, you're sifting through through timetables, you're sifting through point structures. And by the time that, like, by the time you get through all that, you've absorbed 
almost nothing. It's just like uh, cramming for a test in university or something like that. You're yeah. probably not going to remember 90% of the stuff you went over the night before, but if you were to do it the two weeks or a month prior, you would actually absorb that information. So that makes complete sense that you're putting it in a, like you said, self-digestible, you know, format. Mm -hmm. I mean, for, yeah, I, I mean, for instance, like say for the recent event, I make sure that I know how many races are going on how many qualifying sessions there are and, and what i actually do and, and people might say you're a bit ocd on this yeah but yeah. for a very very good reason and so like i'll have the amount of drivers in each class what the total is how many total nationalities we've got mm -hmm. greatest representation of one particular country in a class for instance i'll then have a list of every single nationality but then i'll have okay is this a one-off event are there prizes on offer What's the prizes for whoever wins? Mm -hmm. How long is the season over? So I will I will go on date calculator and I will go through every single race weekend and say, okay, so we finish on the Sunday there, we start on the Friday there. What's the how are the amount of dates including the Friday? So effectively, when I finish for the BNL Karting Series kickoff, I know that there is exactly thirty four days until the opening round back at Karting Gate on the seventh of April. So by having that, it's also not just a way of having a self digestible content pool, but it's also a good way of being able to remember the information. Because um, at age sixteen. My dad said something very, very personal to me. He's in the other room, by the way, so he might okay. hear this. <laughs> he said, you sometimes have the information, the most random information. So there's a lot of shit in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like you remember so okay. much random shit, it's, unreason <laughs> it's unreasonable. But the thing is, that for me is actually a blessing in disguise because as a commentator, I can remember off the back of my head, events that happened so say for instance we're nearly two years after the international trophy at lamar and i'm going to name check a particular driver who i'm good friends with but he's one of the youngest brightest belgian talents at the moment in karting kai Hillitz is 16 years of age based in tremolo not too far from genk okay well i remember at the international trophy at lamar reese hunter who had won the senior class and won a ticket to bahrain for the grand finals that year basically said whispered in my ear at the podium before the podium celebrations gone away he said i'm gonna get you at the podium celebrations mate i've got the champers waiting for you I said not uh -oh. unless somebody gets you first and <laughs> on the podium in karting there is a tradition from the commentator if champagne or bubbly is about to be sprayed there is a running commentary okay so kai won the event and booked his place to bahrain for junior juniors that year so i had prepped i was wearing my event t-shirt my cargo shorts, my trainers, my ACO radio on the back of back of my belt. <laughs> no smartphone, no wallet, no keys, nothing in my pockets whatsoever. And so I take the Mickey out of him straight away because he's the last one to pop the cork on the podium, isn't he? And then he go go the gun straight for me. And as I turn around, he sprayed me all up the back. <laughs> and I went to him. You remember how? All I'm going to say is, Mister Rillets. And I looked at his mum when I said this. His mum, Christy, lovely lady, really, really good person. Get on so well with her. And I said to him, just remember, there can be a bit of karma when a commentator never forgets. And I said, oh, who was go. the one getting told off 
After we had the red flag after two full starts for the final. Oh, it was <laughs> like that. And his mum went apps was bent over double with laughter. That's fabulous. And she and she came over to me and she said, It's so nice when we have someone like you as a karting commentator because you can just remember these certain little things. Well, that those side information or ancillary information, however you want to say it, all that extra info. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, you've experienced races where there's yeah. there's just nothing happening in the race. You're like, yeah, they're turning corners and they're continuing on. You have to fill it with something. And having all that extra information just gives you something to fall back on when the race is kind of dull. I mean, in karting, it's quite easy to do that. Very different to sim racing, I might add. And, hmm. and the reason being is that I tend to get to a race weekend on a Thursday. Uh, around about lunchtime and then it's like say hi to the crew hope every, you know hugs handshakes whatever set my stuff up in the com- in my commentary position for the weekend and then they go oh can you do this i said no 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 no. i'll be back in two hours why i've got my paddock walk to do mm-hmm. and if i don't do my paddock walk it does not set me up well for the weekend sure because yeah. you want to catch up with people you want to say like What's all this crap you've been posting on social media? You know, so like, and then and then they go, oh yeah, that. Um, don't ask. It's sort of like don't ask, don't tell situation. But then right. it's it's and then it's also sometimes like say the BNL Karting series where we're changing our social media strategy for 2023. You know, we set up a new Instagram account, we set up TikTok as well. Looking at YouTube Shorts, uh, all the actions broadcasted on the BNL Karting series YouTube channel. Um. So we're there by just trying to expand our organic outreach, um, as, as any championship would do. But yeah, it's quite funny. Like, say, sometimes a Thursday could be, mm, yeah, you've got to sort out interviews. And then it's trying to, it's like pulling teeth. You're trying to find the people and they're not there. <laughs> or they they haven't shown up yet because they're doing something else. Yeah. Um, but then at least during the interviews uh it's it's so funny like asking certain questions and then you get so many you get a, a ra- ra- raft of answers where everyone said like yeah sushi's my favorite food there's one particular person who i am going to name check for very good reason because he's not fulfilled on his promise from last weekend um casper shawman said i said so what do you what do you what do you do do you do any do you have you got any superstitions i do my happy dance i said well if you win this weekend you're doing your happy dance okay. on the podium there you go and then and then uh then we got onto the talk of favorite food he was one of three people that said the word sushi you know what this is this is funny that you mentioned this because eslr one had a segment where it was a cutaway segment where they interviewed the drivers and it made me laugh so much but the reason is different than you would probably think. It wasn't that the drivers were necessarily funny, but it was they'd ask the question and it would be one word from the driver. Like, yes. that's it. And just like, no, they're sitting in the chair and they're like, sushi. And they're like, what's your favorite favorite track? Nürburgring. <laughs> like, it was so dry and so like, the, you know that the person behind the camera, the, the director of photography or the producer, whatever, was going like, oh, we're going to get this really cool interview with the drivers, show the personality of the drivers. And they were just like, one word answers for everything, just kind of like me <laughs> the whole way through. I was rolling laughing because I knew what the guy behind the camera was going. Can I get a little bit more? Like, <laughs> give, give me something. <laughs> it, it's just like, what on earth are you doing? I've asked you an open-ended question. You give me a one-word answer. Just one like, word. Just like, just come like, on. Uno mas. Show, <laughs> like, show, show the people out there your personality a little uh, bit. Like, it the, was... the, 
the thing is, is that if you put a driver in front of a, um, if you put a driver in front of a camera, the first thing they're going to do is cat in the headlights. Oh in, yeah. Every, unless they're not conf- unless they 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 know what they're doing in front of it, and and they don't mind being, you know, if they're doing like Instagram lives or TikToks or whatever, where they're actually talking to camera, then you know that the confidence is there. Whereas if it's someone who's on social media but not on, if you see what yeah, I'm saying, yeah, like they're there because they have to be almost, and, and those yeah. those are the dry ones. And you know what's kind of interesting as well? Because ESLR1 was probably a, a much larger production than any of those drivers were used to, even if they're streamers and they're used to sitting in their nice sim rig, cameras up, they're talking to their fans and talking to their community, and they're perfectly reasonable and you know expressive in that environment, when you get put in a room in front of a big old light rig, with a with you know a commercial level camera in front of you, a producer with a clipboard standing there like reading you the questions. All of a sudden, you're like, "Wait, this got really real really fast." And then even the most comfortable people, streamers out there, could clam up like that. So I, it was it was so funny to me to to watch it happen because I was like, you know, they they probably expected these people to like all kinds of personality comes out because when they're with their teams, they're laughing, they're having fun. And then they get on camera and the producer's like, what, what are you doing? (laughs) Give me more. Oh, I mean the, the, the good, the good thing with the, uh, the, the B and L casting series, I, I basically said to the people, right. Okay. Introduce yourself in the following way, your name, class you're racing in and driver number. And we had one driver who forgot their race number completely. We had another driver that mixed his driver (laughs) number around. That's actually kind of good, though. (laughs) No, no. But the way that he responded to it, because I knew the driver number, which is even funnier. He goes, hi, my name's so-and-so. I'm running in Rotax Senior. Oh, oh, shit, what's my race number? And I went, (laughs) 321. And he went, I said, do it again, do it again. Uh, But then uh, Casper uh, Shawman, who I mentioned earlier, it was so funny. He was dropping the F-bomb like it was going out Mm -hmm. of fashion. And so we've we've just gone like right okay just into the microphone just go beep so like literally when you drop that we'll put the beep instead right <laughs> and he was just like he was holding the lapel he was a cheeky little bugger as well he was going like beep beep <laughs> beep and it was just it was just comedy gold that's fabulous um and then the the funny thing was one of the questions that we were asking was screen time hmm. um. Have a guess which person had the highest average screen time out of everybody. I would not be able to guess that. I know I spend way too much of my life looking at screens, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't even be able to hazard a guess on that one. It was me. It was you. It was me. It was you. Well, Uh, fifteen average uh, average of fifteen hours a day. Well, but but it's it's but but the thing is is that when when you think about it when I'm when we're having a chat I'm having to deal with some you know yourself is five hours behind me yeah I've got people over in Australia that I uh, Australia and New Zealand I keep in touch with on a regular basis so I've got to factor in that time scale. Well, here's an interesting question then: Are you counting all screen time, or are you counting mindless? I'm just wasting time on screen because I wouldn't necessarily count like work time on screens as screen time it's when you're scrolling through tiktok or instagram reels or youtube shorts or something that's like that useless screen time um well i think the thing is the majority of the stuff that i tend to do is on discord i have been mm-hmm. watching a lot of ewan mcgregor and charlie borman on long way round long way up long way oh, down okay. on apple yeah. tv 
because uh, considering with the new iPhone 14, I've got Apple TV Plus for three for three, yeah, you, for three you, months. So you may as well take advantage of it while you have it, of course. Yeah. Um, you know what? Ted funny. Lasso. Watch Ted Lasso. I have watched season one. I could not stop laughing. I love that show so much. Yeah. It's one of my favorite shows. I, it's just a feel good show, but it actually like handles real issues in the feel goodness of the show. It's so great. It's such a well written show. Yeah, I think realistically, you know, the the we all have smartphones nowadays. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of screen time when I, you know, consider when you look at it from a stream perspective, like say the carting, because not only am I commentating, I'm doing social media, mm-hmm. also writing the reports. At the end of the day, I'm also a I'm effectively the lead producer for the show as well. So I'll come up with an intro idea and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of times when you're, um, and as I say that, emails come through. Two of emails course. have just come through. Yeah. You know, the phone's just gone off. Constant. Uh, <laughs> well, at least, <laughs> at least the good thing is, is this today has been a sort of like a recharge day, and it's nice to actually do something different. Uh, nice. Like talking with yourself, of course. But, yeah, I think it's just the, the fact that you are contactable by so many different ways. iMessage. Yeah. Um, text message sms whatsapp discord facebook instagram tiktok you know every single social media platform that people are on i mean it's well you'll get an email and then that person who emailed you will text you and be like did you get my email and you're like yes and then and then you get then then you get the facebook message and then the instagram dm is a direct result you're like let me let me figure out like my day so like like, hang on to it and that's only like 10 minutes you're like what what the f yeah like big f you've contacted me four different ways in five minutes what are you doing stop it's like has someone got their ants in their pants they obviously have with this person good grief it, it's, it, it's it's just like you you sort of think hang on just because and there's one thing there's one thing that is a big pet hate of mine i think i might have told you about this is that when you phone somebody and when I mean actually phone somebody, is like, pick up the phone and call them. Right. And then they go, they, they still have the audacity to WhatsApp you back. They go like, oh, I'm really, really busy at the moment. So like, hang on, I've just phoned you and you've got the audacity to phone, to send me a WhatsApp message back saying. You know what? I, I've actually, I've gone the opposite way of that. Have and you? So instead of calling people and, and, and then not getting them, I will text them first and be like, hey, do you have a minute for a call? Yeah. And then if, if they don't respond, I'm like, okay, well, then a call would have been useless, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they'll let me know, like, later on, oh, I'm, I'm available now, give me a call now. And then, you know, you'll ring them up. But I've actually defaulted to texting first or messaging if it, maybe it's a contact on Discord, like you. I think we've done that a couple times where we're like, hey, do you have some we time have them, later? Yeah. So I find that to be a, a less invasive way because I don't know what it is about the phone ringing, but I don't want it to anymore. <laughs> like... Like I just don't like the, when the phone rings. I'm like, oh god, what is it? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, 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 of, I'm, I'm sort of like you know, both myself and Chris, we're in the same age bracket anyway. But mm-hmm. with certain people, I know that it's nice to actually give them the common courtesy. With some people, it's sort of like, right, this person is getting a call, and I don't care. Yeah, whatever happens. And then at least I know that with some of my friends, I can do that. With some people, it is a case of just sort of having to preempt, like. Yeah, can I? Get, can we have a call later on? 
Yeah. Well, I, in our go, case, it's just because the massive time difference, you you know, it's hard to figure yeah. out the connection time because you're in the evening and I'm still working or, you know, whatever may be happening yeah. at the time. Yeah, so. exactly. It's it's always a case of sometimes when it's different time zones, then that's where your kind of default is what my modus operandi is. Yeah. But then it's like everyone is a lot of people that I know that we know in the sim racing space um, predominantly use Discord anyway. Oh yeah. So it's it's one of one and five hundred of the other, so to speak. <laughs> so switching gears back to sim racing again. You yeah. don't really sim race at all, do you? Well, as you can see, I have limited availability. You do have limited. Uh, I, I do have very space. limited availability yeah. of, of, but I, but I, I'll still uh, like say simply racing Milton Keynes, um, which is mm -hmm. part owned by Mike Yao. Yep. Um, you know, I I will go there and I will have a blast. You know, I I I think the thing is, if people were to say to me, "What's my favorite?" platform to commentate on acc okay. really interesting but out of all the platforms i have i uh i did actually i was actually one of the competitors at the race spot vco summit broadcast <laughs> uh but i only opted for the gt4 when you got uh you know you had like josh rogers and quite a few other of the aliens out there yeah um this is like i'm not getting a, i'm not getting a cup car no way no way i will <laughs> not know where which way to turn or whatever so i thought gt4 would be Okay. A, a bit more straightforward, which it was. Uh, once I had learned the subtle nuances of how to change down in the GT4 car, sure. I racing. But predominantly, my main experience with regards to sim racing has been R Factor Two. Okay. Okay. Uh, I hear a lot of people loving R Factor Two. I have it because I have all of them because they go on sale, and you're like, "Oh, it's five bucks." Yes, I will buy that. <laughs> so. Yeah. I have all of them, but I always lean into iRacing the most. Uh, well, A, because I paid for the membership, so I better get my money's worth, right? Definitely. And I'm the kind of guy who likes variety in my sim racing. I don't like to just race GT cars, or I don't like to just race open wheel. I like to, in one single night, I race four different series in iRacing throughout the evening. Just because I, you know, I want to slide around the corners in some rallycross. I want to try to get the best time in my GT cars. You know, I want to do some open wheel just because they're so dang fast, you know, or even the ovals are, are fun because then you really have to get the nuances of braking and cornering yep. and all that stuff. So ACC doesn't really gain my attention as much as it should just for that, because I, I just get bored with the GT cars after a while. Mm -hmm. R factor two, I literally bought it and just, I've just never, never set it up because, you know, you, you find the game that kind of, I guess, fulfills all your sim racing needs, which is iRacing in my, my instance. Mm. And you just kind of, you stick with it. You know, you have your setups, you have your buttons mapped, you have everything all configured for your computer. You just, it's as fast as you can start it up, get racing rather than worrying about fidgeting with some other things, you know? Yeah, I mean, from from my perspective, I mean, I, I do enjoy racing on R Factor too. I mean, it's mm -hmm. mainly been to like get-togethers or like Christmas parties and that kind of stuff. Where sure. it's just about you know just banter and giggles and just having a blast and um, you know, just just enjoying good company and, and and that's you know that's why there are facilities like Simply Race Around. I mean, I, I, I also... I'm so jealous, so jealous that you guys have those those kind of places. I would love 
to open up a place like that around me. I just don't think it would be profitable and have the appropriate audience to keep the doors open. It's always down to catchment area, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think it would work well in places like Miami, Vegas, um, some of the big cities around. But ultimately speaking, those are too far away from me anyways because the United States is gigantic. But it would be so amazing to be able to go, get in the car, drive to a place where all sim racers gather rather than – because, you know, I do enjoy sitting at my home on my rig and, you know, talking with people through Discord and stuff. That's fun. But there's a different thing, and this is actually probably why we love Sim Racing Expo so much as well. It's different when you're standing next to the person and just talking. You're talking about the exact same stuff, but you're talking person to person, face to face. You get all the mannerisms. You get all the just the 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 physical social aspects of those things. Yeah, definitely, because you can. uh, I always find that sometimes when you're on a phone call or you're on a Discord audio call or whatever, Teams, you know, when you're not seeing the other subject in front of you, it's. I do say that 70% of conversation is about body language. Oh, yeah. That is quite crucial. That's very, very crucial. Um, But where if you're not on the video on Discord or like we are now at the moment here on on Gridfinder, is that you're not getting a, a full set of nuances when it comes to what the other person's trying to describe or you know, tone is one thing. Um that's even worse when it gets to WhatsApp and Discord messaging. Oh yeah, text messaging is oh. the worst. It's so a, many things get lost in translation there. And it's uh, funny because there's a bunch of TikToks and YouTube shorts of people on the opposite side of text messages saying things but reading them completely different and it's just hilarious because we've all experienced it oh yes uh, emails as well yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, you know when you get to that point with the latter three platforms that we mentioned it's the kind of the understanding profile of how how far away do you need to be from a baseball to swing and miss right yeah well, there's also an interesting fact. So you and I have actually been in person together yes, and talked. So when, when you and I are messaging, I actually, I have a better understanding of what your text messages are coming through because like in my mind, I can kind of hear and see you yeah. saying those things where if it's someone that you've never actually physically been in the same vicinity of, you're going to have a really difficult time interpreting what they're saying because now you're just taking it as literal, really. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I 100% agree on that one, Chris. Because once you once you've got to know that individual, and even though it might be over the course of a weekend, but you you understand how they how, what their thought process is like. You yeah. So I say, yeah, I can feel Alex's cogs in his brain sort of turning around <laughs> a little bit and clicking into place. That's you know when you when you get on really really well with with someone who becomes a good buddy, good friend, good acquaintance, you can then understand how each other operates and okay yes there might be differences in terms of lost in translation where the person might not be you know might not be their mother tongue but they'll still have that understanding yeah saying, right. i wonder how alex would say this <laughs> and it, 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 it does systematically work but when you haven't talked with people um but it was like great to meet so many people like Jardier, like George Boothby, Eamon Murphy, Mira Schmidt. Jardier had, okay, I knew that guy was going to have a lot of energy, 
because I watch his yes. streams, but in person, his energy is like, it's infectious energy. It is. It's in, he's such a fun guy to be around and so just infectiously happy. That, that guy was very cool to meet. I, I was very satisfied with, with our chance encounters when we were at Sim Racing Expo. The man who is the most positive entity in sim racing, hands down. And yeah, it was so crazy. It, it was so funny that like most of the time people have said, yeah, yeah, I've seen him sitting in sim rig. And then I go walk up to him and I get the bloody Richard Hammond complex from the Grand Tour, don't I? <laughs> I need like a beer bottle crate underneath my feet. So I'm actually eye level to so, eye level yeah. with him. So you don't like, look like you're a foot shorter yet. He, he's, he, a, he's a tall guy. He is. I mean, he must be what, what, 6'2", 6'3". That's funny. From like now that. on, anytime I feel short, I'm going to call it the Richard Hammond complex. Mate, I use it all the time and it works. <laughs> I it's, love it. It's, it's great because... Um, people just go, no, oh, I didn't realize you were that short. I go, yeah, I'm a bit of a short ass, aren't I? But hey, look, I'm here. <laughs> that's, that's why cameras, you know, <laughs> the magic of cameras. We can make ourselves oh, seem man. as tall as we want. Uh, you know I what's mean, funny was... about that statement? I, I had been on video calls with Tom from GridFinder hundreds of times. Yes. When I saw him at the Nuremberg airport, I was like, holy crap, you're way taller than I thought. <laughs> he's, he's towering over me too. Because I'm, I'm only 5'10". Yeah. And he's like, he's i think he's like six two or something like that and that's that's a quite a big difference when you for some reason i was just expecting it to like to be same height as me and i don't have no idea why it, it it's quite funny that you know when on a on a call like this we we both look the same we know that we're both the same height anyway yeah. so that's that's not a problem it's when you <laughs> see other people and you just like think yeah like, yeah the- it should be about the same height and then you look and you go jesus Christ. why are you towering over me what <laughs> Or, or as I like to, you know, like to say about one complex to another, like you and I have got the Richard Hammond complex, then everyone else has got the Jack and the Beanstalk complex. You know, right. it's just like right. six two, six five. You're like, damn, so they've been feeding you. <laughs> so what we're saying is, if you're wondering how tall some of these sim racing personalities are, go to Sim Racing Expo and find out how many of them are freaking tall. There's a lot of tall people in sim racing, and I don't get it. In other I'm like words, the shortest guy ever. In other words, bring your stilts just in right, case. Bring your stilts, the, the platform shoes. Just so you oh don't my have god, the it'd be like going, be like going back to the nineteen seventies again, wouldn't it? Like oh, with the bell man. bottoms and the, and <laughs> the, the platform, platform shoes. shoes. Yeah. Well, Alex, uh, we're about an hour in. Um, what do you have going on in the world of sim racing that some people can hear your wonderful voice or see you on? The, I guess we do we say on the TV anymore on stream I guess we would say now on screen I think probably we yeah. could use as a generic yeah um, on screen that makes sense so on, where can yeah people, on screen where can people catch you in the next couple of weeks what do you got going on man uh, okay right let me let me refer to my gospel that is my calendar the trusty <laughs> just rack up the screen time here rack up the stuff. screen time again but hey it's 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 work related it's folks, work so. screen time so it doesn't <laughs> count. Um, well, I've just come back from the B&L Karting Series. I mean, over the next couple of months, going to be quite busy. I've got uh, the FTR event Sim 3D GT Series, uh, rounds four and five at Belle Isle this weekend. The home of the original Detroit Grand Prix. Got something also planned that same day, but I've yet to confirm nice. it. Also sim racing. Um, back to karting again at the turn of the month. Uh, and then, yeah, I've then got, as I said, 11 days in Belgium and Germany. Um, plenty nice. of sim racing still to come. Uh, just waiting on a few things to firm up. But yeah, karting, sim racing, 
Beautiful. It's, well, maybe uh, one of these days you and I can actually get in the comms booth together and and see how that goes. You know, I'm yeah. still trying to find my voice a little bit. You know, whether it's an, an ultra exciting voice or you know, I, I'm not really sure where where I'm kind of going. I'm just letting it progress naturally at this point. I have about ten gigs under my belt, and I have twenty seven booked for this year. So that's going to be a big one. I hate to think how many sim sim racing gigs i'm probably going to have this year i'm probably going to be in the in the the yeah hundreds or something like that you'll at least add a 120 something to to my number but uh this is my first year in it so we'll we'll, we'll see i mean i mean the thing is is that you know you you ended up working with with uh, a very good friend from scotland mr david christie Mm -hmm. for the final round of the uh for the WSL GT3 series uh, that was run by IMB Racewear. Yep, had my first uh, commentator's curse. Poor guy, had, uh, you know. Oh yes, because I remember had, seeing. It yeah, had to so happen, like, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, now Lewis McGlade, I have to, I have to say something about a particular phrase that was mentioned on the recent VCO ERWC number two. I mean, about the commentator's curse. Oh. I'll be compl- I'll be. I- I'm actually in agreement with Lewis because I don't think it exists. It's just it's a fate of circumstance that it just tends to happen. Okay. So okay. Um, it does feel like it exists because you're literally talking about the person on screen. They spin out, and you're like, oh. <laughs> but but it is circumstance. It can happen. It's happened to me a bunch of times yeah. in the past. But I just I think I like you put the commentator's curse on me. Sorry, what's that when it's at home? You know, so I completely <laughs> sideswipe it underneath the carpet. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's cool, and uh, and also the fact that one of the one of the nice things I think about last year, um, you know, I was also another sim racing commentator that got an award through Downforce Radio. Oh, yeah, uh, for the uh, commentator of the for the year award for congratulations for by the way, that's, that's yeah. very cool. It's I, I'm not one for awards, but considering the fact that you know i'd made so much progression in terms of of sim racing and also you know being the voice of european road tax um i put so much hard work and passion and effort into this you know that i started in 2011 in, in motorsport and it was sleepless nights it was working a full-time nine to five or eight to six if you that's were that's project. the hard stuff when you're first getting oh. into like this the new hobbies or the new adventures mm-hmm. and you have to work the 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 job that you've almost you've lost passion for the job you're working enough to try to push for something else so you have to work it and then push for that other thing and it's it's a very difficult time it, especially when the fact of when people are saying so what's the real office oh. <laughs> and i go well i'm about to head to that one today my friend yeah yeah you know well alex what is your most active social platform that people can follow you on to find out what you're up to Right. Okay. Again, screen time. Screen, screen time. time. You, 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 <laughs> this is going to be like a recurring theme now. You're going to have to ask people what the what their respective average. Every couple of weeks, I'll are. just message you on Discord. So, what's your screen time been? And then I'll just do like a <laughs> screenshot glow. Bing. There it is. Um, well, Twitter and Instagram are my two okay. most used platforms. So at a Goldschmidt seventy seven, mm-hmm. and then. Instagram at Alex Goldschmidt 77. And for those wondering, am I a Valtteri Bottas fan? No. It's the last two <laughs> digits of my year of birth. Yeah. I, see, I knew that only only from talking prior. 
But uh, yeah, I guess that would be a bow test in, in Mer as well. But yeah. Okay, Alex, I appreciate you being on the show, man. This was a lot of fun. And ho- like I said, hopefully we can get in the comms booth together at some point and then hopefully Sim Racing Expo really pans out to be as fun, if not much more fun than the 2022 one that we had. Definitely. I uh, really appreciate being uh, back on the show as well, Chris, and thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, Alex. Thanks a lot. Welcome back, guys. And uh, that was a very, very fun conversation for me. You know, like I said in the intro, it was interesting because it just feels like a conversation with a friend. You know, I know all of these guests that we have on Sim Sundays, really, the conversation goes so smoothly just because we're all so passionate about sim racing. But there is that next level thing when you when you talk to someone who you've physically met in person, had long conversations with, you know? Yeah, I enjoyed that one. It was interesting to get Alex's impression of some of the esports events because he's physically at a lot of them. So it does make a difference. And yeah, it was interesting hearing his thoughts on Expo last year and how that could be improved. And obviously then his thoughts on Le Mans Virtual and Ren Sport to get the impressions of someone who does this all the time for a living and in like different spheres. So like karting as well as sim racing. It's an interesting perspective. Yeah, the interesting thing with Alex is since he he's in the real world karting scene so so deeply, and then he's also so deeply ingrained in the sim racing world. It's just really interesting to see someone like him, and you know he's not really comparing in mm. them at all. He's just they're two separate events that kind of have a lot of similarities together, and it's really I don't know. It's it's nice to see that we're not trying to compare sim mm. racing to real Refreshing. life motorsport as much. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot. So thank you, Alex. Yeah, thank you very much, Alex. Uh, If you're looking for Alex online, just search Alex Goldschmidt. He's all over the place, just as he said. But if you are looking for a sim racing league, we make this little product called GridFinder out there. Go to gridfinder.com. We have thousands and thousands of leagues for you to search through just to find that perfect league for you to race Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whenever you're available. And there's someone out there. Can I race Thursdays? Thursdays? Thursday, uh, yeah, no, we don't have any leagues on Thursdays. Mm, I'm sorry, no, that, we definitely ha- for me. <laughs> any day of the week we're out there and there's leagues for you. But if you are a league owner and you're looking to fill some of those grids, go ahead and also list your league on Grid Finder and you know get some drivers applying to you, fill those grids so that you have full grids and even some reserve drivers when people can't make it. Lots and lots of traffic out there on Grid Finder. Lots of communities that have grown quite a bit from being listed on our site. Anyway, we'd like to also thank the episode sponsor, Track Racer, as always. You know, Tom gets to race in the office in his Track Racer rig that was provided by them when we were doing the races on Sunday evenings. But if you're looking to upgrade your rig at all, go to trackracer.com. Find out, you know, what they have to offer. They got stuff from stands, full rigs, all kinds of great stuff. And even pretty soon, peripherals coming. Pretty excited about that one. I know, right? Very exciting. Thank you for watching or listening, whatever your platform of choice may have been. Tom, do you have any last words for our listeners and viewers? Nope. It, I, well, I always do this. I always say no and then say something. I'm going to do that again <laughs> this this time because next week I am incredibly excited about our guest. I don't know. Do we all, do we, is it worth? Basically, this is a guy who invented a very cool pedal that made a big splash uh, at the expo. That's all I'm going to say. Due to the fact that there's only one new... Well, no, there's... (laughs) 
I guess there's a couple new yeah. pedals out there, but this there's... this one did make a splash. Well, there was two or... that made a splash. I think this one, perhaps more of a splash. Right, because of uh, the, the feedback. Things, the things. That the things uh, people the... have. Anyway. Anyway. Next week, it will be a very great episode as well. So thank you again for listening and watching. We'll see you next Sunday. See you later.